You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. What's up, Fantasia moviegoers? Uh, this is 9to5cc Goes to Fantasia, uh, part of our podcast series that we do almost every year, where we talk about some of the movies that we're seeing at the Fantasia International Film Festival in Montreal. This year, like many other things, the festival is completely online, but that doesn't mean we're not watching a bunch of movies. Uh, we're including the Fantasia series in our main 9to5cc podcast uh, stream that you can find uh, on your most podcasting applications we're also including it on the 90s um podcast uh channel so if you go there you can also find the movies there um that's it for me uh, go out to fantasia and by go out to fantasia i mean stay home on your couch and watch fantasia watch fantasia movies and enjoy the show talking about movies with my best friends yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, it's our Fantasia podcast, John. Like, like you're acting like we've never done these before. Well, it's been a little while. It's a fair... Uh... Like 40, probably, 40-plus 40 Fantasia podcast episodes that we've done. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. This Fantasia being a little bit unique in that it happened in the comfort of our own homes. Uh, also, something I, I, mean, discovered, I, I discovered... I had You're like, oh, I'm going to watch movies forever. And then you're like, wait, I work at the hospital and my life is one of stress and migraines. And I and I cannot get it to play on my television at all. I've been watching it on my tablet. This is a you problem. It's true. <laughs> and if it was going to happen to anyone, of course it happened to me. Yeah. And I feel that I have... Wait, why my... is that? Scott's bad at technology. Yeah, I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest. So this is basically... He's out of touch. You know how your right. your parents couldn't set the VCR to record the shows properly. I could not figure out a way to launch the the videos to to play my, on your on your yeah, or anything. Yeah. I understand. Yep. Do you remember your parents did that? Like, <laughs> just like I, my mom used to do that all the time. We're just like, I want to watch this show at like nine, and she just had like the six hour tape, and she would go to dinner or whatever at like six and just press record. <laughs> so she would record like the news and entertainment tonight and like Jeopardy and whatever to get to the show. And I was like, you could just they could just start recording at nine. She's like, this I don't care. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, I watched uh, I watched a bunch of movies over the weekend. Um, I discovered that apparently the theme, my my personal uh, Fantasia film theme, was in large part just weird, like psychodramas, often kind of involving uh, people who like kind of doubt themselves and may or may not be going crazy. Like literally, out of the six Fantasia movies that I watched, actually, no, yeah, five of them were basically about that. Like people kind Maybe of doubt. that's something about the zeitgeist of the times. Everybody thinks they're going crazy. It's like it, the primary fear of the modern world. Like doubting their own sanity and stuff. And I think that this, I mean, this can't be real. The horror around us. It cannot be the real life. <laughs> Maybe. It's totally possible. Uh, so I, I, I know, Scott, you saw two, 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 three more movies? Two more since we last spoke. Two more since we last spoke. Okay, so I will start since I have five to talk about and you have two to talk about. We're going to do the same thing we did last time and just cut this up into kind of morsel-sized episodes for the listeners. So we're only talking about two or three movies each episode. Mm-hmm. And I guess we'll start in order. Uh, on Saturday, I watched Sanzaru, international premiere from the Camera Lucida uh, collection of Fantasia. 
Um, Where's it from? It is from. It is a USA production. <laughs> international. <laughs> yes. Well, it's the okay. international premiere. I said. Right. right. <clears throat> um, the director is, is Gia Magnus. Uh, and it's about a young Filipino nurse uh, who moves into uh, like kind of become like the live-in nurse for a uh, like a family in Texas. Ooh, and, I, I, uh, I wanted to see this one. This one looked kind of cool and kind of creepy and like a weird mix of Tagalog and English. Uh, hmm. A little bit. There's there's a little bit that kind of goes um, like there's there's definitely some Filipino language dialogue that goes on back and forth because the uh, the nurse and her nephew uh kind of move in because like her, the nephew got kicked out of school and then for some reason the family seemed to like think it was okay to like send it send the kid back over to the the, the nurse even though she's like taking care of this old lady like the old lady's obviously like okay with it and then uh she lives with out in the in a Trailer park outside of the house, uh, there's a uh, like a former, like a returned veteran who's like the son of the old lady that she's taking care of who doesn't want to kind of live back in the house and seems to maybe be rocking a little bit of PTSD, kind of kind of lingering around. He also needs like a hearing aid because uh, mm-hmm. he was like, got, got some blown up parts. Sure. <laughs> that American story. Um, so, <clears throat> and then there's this kind of this plot line about... I can't even really describe this movie. So it's like, this is just kind of happening. Um, the woman is, the old lady's kind of going crazy. Uh, so like every now and then, like she just like wakes up screaming and uh, at one point, like wakes up screaming and is covered in her own shit. So that's a, a fun thing. You do get to see, I think you see some naked old lady in this one. I mean, it happens. It does happen. It's And it's kind of, it's almost a Fantasia trope. of <laughs> just like really. Naked old ladies? Is it? Kind of, because I feel like, this is this is the meanest thing, but Wait, it's you like, had a different experience than I have. It's like the cheapest, it's like the cheapest horror to pull off. Like you know, like, there's no special effects needed. You just get an old lady and put her naked and just go like wink on the soundtrack, and you're like, oh no. So like in that regard, it's you don't need any special effects to kind of get like an audience like jaw drop moment. You know, like this just t- in: Keith thinks palliative care is horror. I mean, dude, facts. <laughs> it's everyone who does it is a complete saint, and they're the, the best among us. You're banging your pots outside <laughs> at 7 o'clock. It would be a horror show to me. <laughs> hmm. um, but anyway, but yeah, so then there's just the, the, I guess the weird, the, so the subplot is uh, there's weird, like, mail uh, that keeps coming uh, addressed to Mr. Sanzaru that's going to, like, the same address, but nobody sort of knows who this person is, and they don't really know who um, the mail belongs to. And it's just uh, the Mr. Sanzaru persona is tied basically into the, like, um, the skeletons in the closet slash, like, repressed uh, horrors of the the family, in relation, mostly in relationship to the uh, the father who is dead. Uh, and, um, and then, but also there's kind of like a weird spiritual connection with the, the nurse's mother who's sort of like trying to like protect her. Like there's a lot of like weird kind of like lo-fi 70s special effects slapped all over this thing of like weird, like naked, like, like a red outline of like a naked man, like kind of like that double exposure 70s effect going like, like up the stairs and stuff like uh yeah if you watch the trailer i think there's like a little bit of that like that that stuff pops up kind of all over the place it's like recolorized negatives yes 
Yeah, kind of like that. And then also does like weird sort of like smoke effects. And then she seems, like I said, she seems to be like, there's a lot of like this weird um, like voiceover uh, of the the mother of the nurse kind of talking and like addressing Mr. Sanzaru directly, uh, telling him like, like, stay away from my daughter and all that stuff. Um, and then it, uh, it kind of ends. <laughs> <clears throat> and okay. yeah yeah it, it, it's just it's sort it's it's pretty creepy uh it, it never comes full it never goes like full horror and it never really uh has like a huge like payoff or like revenge just sort of just like a i if i were to like try to like say what is this about i find it kind of it just and and it's because you have like the ancestral like spirit protector of i guess the mother figure kind of like in a battle with what appears to be the spirit of like the dead american father figure there's sort of like a culture clash that i feel like they're kind of like explaining kind of interesting yeah exactly that's it like they're using like the horror genre to sort of um explain or not explain but i guess like illustrate how messed up because this is like a super normal thing right like caregivers are almost always immigrants taking care of like white people you know like that's a a pretty normal nurse like situation that you see in north america and then you're like yeah that's really kind of messed up where you're just sort of like you have an entire like aging north american population uh with all of the like shit and hang-ups that a north american like person would have and then in the late stages of your life you have this like like an absolutely usually like giving and caring immigrant person who suddenly comes into their home and like there's like that culture shift but she's taking care of her but like and then she's obviously there's like all the bits with like the uh the the white mother sort of kind of like accusing the the son of maybe stealing and he's like i'm not you know like all this like there's a lot of like weird kind of like culture smash up while at the same time there's sort of like the benevolent uh like foreign spirit and the malevolent north american spirit are kind of like at odds as they're trying to sort of like Mm push their different agendas into the house, you know? So interesting. Yeah. Does it work? I mean, it, it is interesting and it's worth it. Like if all of, if that sounds like, like I feel you have to be like, um, like a lot of, I think the cameras at Lucida um, programming in general, you need to be like, it's this weird cross section of like, you need to be down for like an art film and a horror film, you know, like, which is typically my jam. Yeah, absolutely. But it's like, it's one of those things where you're like, I find like every year, like we, we watch these movies and you're like, who's this for? Like other than <laughs> like art students who are also into horror films, you know, like, like films, like people who are into like capital F film, but also uh, horror high school kids who want to be art student, art film students. Yeah. But it, not even because like there is more going on than mm. Like it, it doesn't need lean hard into the horror, you know. Like if it leaned harder into the horror, I'd agree. Like you, you'd be thinking. Uh, I'm trying to think of like Ali Sheedy from The Breakfast Club, and not Seth Green. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what it's not for. Seth Green from every other movie he was in in the nineties. I, I meant just him, but yeah, sure, his characters too. <laughs> his characters also. Yeah, no, I liked it. Um, it was pretty good. Uh, the so deriving its name, so I guess the three mystical apes who hear no evil, see no evil, and speak no evil, are they called Senzaru? 
Is that I actually don't know that? I, I'm I'm not sure that they have a name. Well, it says that it derives its name from that. So, uh, oh yeah, and they, it also says this. Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs uh, does the score, which I guess means she's like someone. <laughs> but it has like it does have a very kind of. Uh, I'm saying Dario Argento, but it's not like that. But like you know how like you like when the the score of a film becomes like it's like throughout, and you're like, oh, there's this is a score. Yeah, you know, like like you can you you, you can tell that it's just one. Um, like one artist who did it and then who was like making music for the movie and like real, like kind of like haunting, chilling, like stuff like, uh, like kind of got Vangelis and Blade Runner. Sure. That's more I, like much more synth wave than I was thinking a lot, like um, a little bit like the track, the, the score to annihilation kind of, Okay. if you were like kind of droning. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's it. It's just sort of like, just always there, <laughs> you know, like there's, a, Oh, and Oh man, can't believe I almost overlooked this. The the sound in this film, in general, like score aside, is like infuriating, and in a good, in like the best possible way. So like, um, there's like these speakers or whatever uh, in the house. So it's like you like talk upstairs, talk downstairs, that are often kind of on. So there's just like dull static in the background, but it's like technically like the noise that they're hearing for the first about at least 30 to 40 minutes of the film whenever they're in the house there's the occasional beep of a uh a fire alarm with its battery dying (laughs) which is just like maddening like especially in your own house it sounded just like ours we were like is it ours or is it the movie is it ours (laughs) or is it the movie (laughs) and then i'm like no listen it's got to be it's got to be it's only ever when they're in the house when they're outside we never hear it but then you're like in the background you're like oh my god and it's just like just that on itself is like probably one of the most like low key unsettling things that just sets you on edge in a film. It's just like while people are just going back boop, in the background at this, like at random intervals, just sets you off like kilter so hard. And you're like, and all the characters must be like, you can immediately be like, yeah, this is an irritating and annoying place to be, you know? And it's like, and also, and like the nurse is obviously like, it's not her place to necessarily fix it you know so she's like kind of asking the son like hey can we take care of this you know like it's not her home in that way like very very cool uh but yeah the sound the the whole sound design of the film is is i would say top notch and probably even i think over the like delivers better than the film itself kind of succeeds like the film kind of i think like falters has some really interesting ideas but from a from a sound design perspective it's amazing and the score is really good so like i said if you're if you're down to watch like capital F film and not necessarily have everything sort of wrapped up in a nice, like neat little basket, uh, I would say kind of uh, like pretty worthwhile. Cool. Thumbs up to Sanzaru. I, I, I read it and I saw the trailer and I thought this kind of looks like a, a good, but weird X-Files episode. Ooh, maybe uh, if there, but, and but that's the thing, right? Is that it's like, if there was someone investigating what was going on, you'd be right. But it's just kind of more happening around people. And like there is sort of a mystery to like to resolve like what the family did that was so bad and like and sort of like the background of uh, like the nurse and her relationship to the nephew. Mm-hmm. Like all of that is there, but like there's nobody nobody's trying to put the clues together actually in the film. And even when some of the clues, even when the clues sort of do come together, some of the characters are like, I don't care. (laughs) 
<laughs> you, you know, like, <laughs> like and you're like, I, like, and that's a choice. You know, you're you're like, oh no, what's she gonna do? And she's like, and like nothing. The answer is kind of nothing. <laughs> like, awesome. Yeah, I dug it. Um, Scott, what'd you watch? Uh, so you were talking about the kind of things that you like from Fantasia, and mm-hmm. for me, there are like four movies, and and they're very different than I think what you guys go looking for. <laughs> I like I like big epics, so like uh, samurai type movies, which I kind of got with that first one we, we talked about already. Yeah, uh, crazy samurai Musashi. I like John Woo. Yeah, I, some some gun fu action. Yeah, I like uh, anime. And mm-hmm. I like weird documentaries. Like if they showed the devil and Daniel Johnson, I'd be all over that. Mm. Uh, and I got three of the four we, this weekends. Were you with me when we when we saw the the backyard wrestling documentary? No. Yeah, that was a great. I missed that sadly too. You and yeah, I, yeah. you and I went to see a bunch of anime. We went to see all the Evangelion yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was just called the backyard. And it was just like a whole documentary on the the backyard wrestling cool. scene, that and that was yeah exactly <laughs> like perfect insanity Fantasia content is just backyard wrestling. <laughs> like, uh, Speaking of insanity documentary, I watched Feels Good Man. Ah oh, yes, that was it, it. Kept that kept floating on our list, and it ultimately bumped. Uh, it got bumped by the fact a little bit what Sam talked about last episode. What by the fact that I feel that it's this is. It's going to be so, easier to find. Yeah, so of its time and so like a thing that so many, so much of the internet, I think, gravitates towards. Like, like this is going to pop up on a streaming service almost beyond a shadow of a doubt. What is or, it? You don't know her. You haven't heard about this, Scott. John, it's it's yeah. the best. So feels Scott, good. present. Feels good, man. Uh, uh, hang on, wait, 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 John. The 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 saying feels good, man, as relates to the internet. Like this is a deep. Yeah, I'm cut. familiar with that. It's not there, that deeper cut. Yeah, I, I just said it's not that deep of a cut. Yeah. I, like, I feel that you. So, what is it about? I, I mean, the sad guy meme. Well, no, but but it was before it, that. The first it feels movie. bad guy. No, feels feels good, man. The, the was the frog. Pepe, yeah, yeah. Pepe the frog with his pants down, taking a pee. Feels good, man. So the trailer for this movie and a lot of the documentary like press about this movie, directed by Arthur Jones, um, mm-hmm. made it out to seem like. It was how Pepe the Frog got co-opted by 4chan and then the alt-right and then basically became a hate symbol. That was hate symbol, yeah. yeah. Red, the ADF then recognized it. The Anti-Defamation League recognized it as yeah. a hate symbol. And those are all true things and facts that are presented in the movie, but it's more hmm. a story about Matt Fury the comic book creator yeah and <laughs> and genuinely kind of spacey hippie goofy indie comic guy coming to terms with something that he created and still kind of likes <laughs> having become you know a thing that neo nazis wear on their sweatshirts yeah and that made it much more engaging and heartfelt and tragic to watch <laughs> it's like the opposite of the tmnt documentary yes it is it is, <laughs> it is like watching the that TMNT documentary is like a couple stoners who are like we made these crazy turtles and now we're succeeding beyond our wildest dreams and everything that we wanted is happening this is the opposite trajectory of that 
it's very much that because it starts off he's like i made this comic and it was cute and look i'm at a comic convention and then 4chan and then yeah. alex jones and then trump and then <laughs> nazis and he's just like Ooh. oh no oh, man it, like, how long like how one long of his one of his roommates got a feels good man tattoo oh no and he's like yeah it's so awesome and then it wasn't awesome <laughs> Like, how long are they? How long did they follow him for? Like, I, at what point does like the, the the film crew sort of like catch up with him on the saga of Pepe the Frog? Like at the end of it. Okay, so it's like they. I was like they weren't because I was like this would have been, not not to say that it doesn't sound interesting, but it would have been fascinating if they they started like filming right when it like the neo Nazi stuff started happening. So they had like a couple of years of oh. watching this guy. No, no, they 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 started it at the end. Okay. Like once things had been resolved and that was good. That was like, there, there is some resolution for Matt Fury in his life. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot less um, alt-right nut jobs talking about it. So I was glad not to hear them. <laughs> Yeah, that you were you were talking about that in the last episode, right? Like the you were like, I really don't want to hear some guy being like, "It's our right to have Pepe be our mascot." And you're like, I don't want to watch that interview. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to watch some guy extolling the virtues of neo Nazism and Pepe as a uh, an icon of it. Yeah, um, it's very weird, and they do have like one of the big 4chan trolls on camera talking about like his or their motivation for memeing Pepe. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like gross, but he's so sad and bad and like a, like such a 4chan troll. You're, you, there's no like selling it as um, an admirable or just fight. He's just like so clearly an internet loser. You're just like, you're like, oh, love, man. man rough um at one point matt fury is like the only way i can take ownership of this character and, and come to terms with it is by killing my character and not the press kind of covers it as like pepe the frog has died but it's not he's killing his version of pepe the frog the cute stoner loser character from his comic books yeah and as they do that scene they play a daniel johnson song in the background <laughs> amazing called some things last a long time which is one of his more famous songs but it's like super sad and like yeah. pathetic and while they're like, showing the panels of pepe while they're showing <laughs> the animated panels of pepe's funeral <laughs> and it was like oh feels bad man, man that does not feel good <laughs> i i really like this movie uh it had that king of kong devil and daniel johnson Field no, it's like a, a really fascinating like niche story yeah <laughs> like about a creative well i mean down on i mean king kong weren't they weren't necessarily creative but just like about dudes who kind of like inadvertently got mixed up in things bigger than they intended like, and did their own thing and then kind of like looked around and saw that a lot of the rest of the world was staring at them like, <laughs> suddenly paying attention uh yeah, I recommend it a lot. I, it was, I liked it way more than I thought I would. I had put it on to kind of have on when I was, you know, writing a little bit and then stopped writing and, and watched the whole movie. It was good. Cool. Yep.
you do, I was, I was like, I was, do we have any news on its release? And we just we all made a bunch of assumptions that it would. Well, it premiered at Sundance, so it's not, uh, and it won um, a special award for emerging filmmaker. For Feels good award. Arthur Jones. So he's got some wind in his sails. Yeah. Um, Polygon called it the most important political film of 2020. I find that kind of sad. I'm, yeah, but, <laughs> but, like, but when did they say that? Did they say that when there were no movies coming out? <laughs> there, was, there was that period of time. Uh, right. what, was, what were they saying where they were like, because the, the Academy the Academy waived the, like for 2020. Yeah, they said that in February. Yeah, exactly. That's it. They but they they waived that like oh movies that have to be in theaters because there was like there was a period in January where like the only Academy Award like eligible film was Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> Best supporting female actress, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> One of the best special effects. If you believe in the infinite universe, there's a Earth that's exactly like ours, except the Academy agreed to go with Sonic for all the categories. <laughs> all awards. Everything else is the same. COVID happened. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick was still blackballed by the NFL. And every single is Academy Award. First? <laughs> would it be his first? What else would he have gotten it for? Truman Show. Truman Show would be the only one, maybe. Or that, um, or that other one where he bought a movie theater. That people like that one a lot. As like a oh, oh, oh where he was um he the was majestic. Uh, the majestic. No, 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 Man on the Moon didn't. Oh, is that possible? There. Yeah, this is important. Important research. It sure is on a fantasia. Uh, Jim Carrey is still without an Oscar nomination. This is as of 2019. All right, uh, but he was he won the Golden Globe and was SAG nominated uh, for oh, Man on the Moon. But as, as of 2019, I note you are excluding Sonic the Hedgehog. That's true. Uh, yeah, exactly. Speaking, it's because yeah, he he won the Golden Globe for Man on the Moon, but wasn't even nominated for it. Weird. Speaking of um, niche documentaries, have you guys watched the the Man on the Moon behind the scenes documentary? The one where everybody hates him because he's method acting and pissing everybody off. Yep. Yep. Oh man, that's that's must see TV. <laughs> yeah, but then you, you follow it up with Me and Andy, where it's a documentary that portrays him positively doing that. <laughs> Which I mean, yeah, well, I mean, I think that's the 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 deal when you be Andy Kaufman, right? <laughs> you just get to. Some people are gonna like like it when you do it, and then some people are gonna hate when you do it. Uh, so uh, you can pre-order Feels Good Man currently on a bunch of different services. You can pre-order it on Vimeo on demand, pre-order on Fandango, pre-order on Apple TV. So it's gonna at least get, uh, if not on a streaming service, it's at least gonna have a digital release, I guess, shortly. Because on the Feels Good Man film website, you can uh, pre-order it. So, I mean, that's about as good as you get for a documentary. Sure. Like, and I mean, or it pop, pops up on Amazon Prime or Netflix or Hulu. Awesome. Or yeah, awesome. Watch it. It was yeah. it was much more entertaining than I thought it would be. It was much nicer than I thought it would be. And when Alex Jones gets sued, it's very entertaining to watch him sweat in his deposition. And they have footage of that. <laughs> the best. Just like think about the fact of where we are <laughs> as humans. <laughs> that there's like... An alt-right, like, pundit, like, commentator guy 
having like a deposition and being like sued in like a court of law over his appropriation of Pepe the Frog, who was a frog who dropped his pants Mm -hmm. and peed and said, feels good, man. And we're like, this is... This needs the court's attention. (laughs) Exactly. This needs... like This is peak civilization, boys. It's never been this good. Courts need to step in to deal with this. Not like, this is what we have done with civilization. I mean, there's a your take on it is not too far from the movie's take on it. But also, <laughs> like, the comic dude is like, man, this is my life. Yeah, I, dude, I would absolutely take the guy to court. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm in no way saying that was the wrong course of action. I'm just saying that it's such, like, the and, craziest. And and he's not even really suing him for, for money. He's suing him because his name is now linked to a hate symbol by the Anti-Defamation League. He's like Absolutely. Pepe the Frog, created by cartoonist Matt Fury, symbol of hate. He's like, son of a bitch, why is my name there? Exactly. I just drew a stone of frog, man. I didn't do this. It's, it's nuts. <laughs> and like, and you're saying that he's just like, like just like this chilled out hippie dude. Like, I've never really seen any interviews with him, but like, I'm I'm trying to think of like, uh, like who is an avatar to Matt Fury? Yeah, like um. What's Fury? No, no, he's he's like not far off from the street skater from the Bones Brigade. Okay, what's his name? Not Stacy. Not not McGill. Alva. Not not, <laughs> not, 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 not Peralta. Not Tony Alva. The other one. Yes, you know the one from the the documentary who's just like really kind of spaced out and had that. Yeah. Shitty life. And... The, 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 the one who was kind of became a stoner screw up. Like Rodney Mullen. The... Rodney Mullen. Mullen. He's like a little bit more together, a little bit less broken version of Rodney Mullen. So like older Rodney Mullins. Like if no. you watch Rodney Mullins now. Well, I mean, Rodney good. Mullins still pretty, pretty spaced out. Maybe more like a younger Rodney Mullen, like an, like an 18 mm. year old Rodney Mullen is kind of like what, what Fury is like. <laughs> I really, I, I really want to see this. Yeah, I'm excited. He's, uh, he's a completely likable, relatable dude. That, and I, I also, I've, I also find it hilarious that you're, you're saying that they, not hilarious, but you mentioned Devil and Daniel Johnson, and that they used Daniel Johnson in the soundtrack. I was like, guaranteed, guaranteed that the filmmakers were at least inspired by Devil and Daniel Johnson. There's some indie cred there. They had yeah. to have seen it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's like it's. It, I think that's kind of like if you're if you're gonna make the documentary about the weird, quirky, creative dude or whatever, like Daniel Johnson has Devil and Daniel Johnson has to be like required viewing to like mm-hmm. see what you're gonna do. It was it was a good, gonna, it was a good catch for Fantasia to get this movie there. It's good fit. Yeah, badass. Yeah. All right, taking a break slash the end of the episode. Beep boop. Oh, hey there, loyal person who sticks around after the podcast to listen to the outro of a podcast. 
Uh, thank you for listening. If this podcast is fun for you, if you like to hear us talking about Fantasia movies, obviously share it, tell people about it. We do this just about every year. Uh, and for the rest of the year, uh, I also host a podcast called Go Plug Yourself, where we talk to uh, interesting Montrealers, sometimes uh, interesting Montreal filmmakers uh, from time to time, uh, every two weeks. And that alternates with our other podcast, 9ES, which is the 9 to 5 Entertainment System, where myself and Scott, who you just heard on this episode, uh, along with another one of our friends, John, uh, basically talk about geek pop culture movies comics video games uh, every two weeks that alternates with go plug yourself uh so yeah tell people about this show tell people about our shows go listen to some of our podcasts go listen to podcasts in general and uh i guess watch uh, fantasia movies and continue to support genre cinema thank you 905.cc podcast blogs and comics made in montreal since 2011